Uh, today on the Callahan Podcast, it's been uh, three days since the shooting of Jacob Blake. We're still looking for an answer, a serious answer. What uh, what were the cops supposed to do? We will discuss that, and we'll give you the latest from Kenosha. They're shooting now. They're not just burning and looting. They're shooting, and some of it's on video. The NBA, of course, is uh, speaking out. Players and coaches will play you some of that. Doc Rivers, uh, of all people, is very, very upset. One store owner, a guy who uh, owns a Papa John's uh, that was destroyed, yelled at the protesters and asked them a good question. Are you trying to get Donald Trump reelected? Sometimes it seems like they are. So is everybody else at the Republican convention. We'll recap that and the uh, fine performance by my man, Nick Sandman. And we will tell you the latest madness from the cancel culture. There's something every damn day. Uh, Tom Shaddix here. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan podcast. And it is, we are brought to you by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Why did DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balances, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can pay it up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking. Insured by NCUA. Membership required. All right, Colin, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Before we get started, boys, before we get started, uh, Shattuck and Cullinane, I got to make one demand of you. Fists up. Fists up. <laughs> you, must demand, you must profess your total devotion to the cause here. That's what we do here in America, right? We all, we, we join hands, I mean, we, we, we raise fists in the name of this cult that we're in. This is the uh, Callahan Podcast cult, okay? Raise your fist. <laughs> Um, this, this is more, I don't know what's more effective when I sit back and watch, uh, the speeches at the Republican convention, the great Nicholas Sandman made his speech and was terrific. And the, and the guy, that guy, Joe Ponder, who was uh, pardoned by the president live and uh, from the Oval Office, <clears throat> you know, the, the first lady, I mean, she's no Michelle Obama, but she's not bad for someone speaking in like her seventh language. Um, what is more effective if you're uh, trying to get Donald Trump elected? These speeches, these videos from the convention, or these riots from Kenosha? And and by the way, these counter-riots last night, we now have, and I've been predicting this for months. I'm surprised it's taken this long. Some store owners, some business owners are up on the roof with their AR-15s or in their in their offices, in their stores with their guns ready to fight back. The visuals, the videos, Shattuck, are playing right into the uh, Team Trump, reelect Trump campaign, if you ask me. Yeah, well, totally. But you're forgetting there's one more uh, element at play here, and it's the reaction from the media to the speeches. You know, calling Nixon and a snot-nosed kid from Kentucky, calling Melania Trump an illegal immigrant who still can't speak English, you know, speculation by blue check marks everywhere that she's a prostitute. Right. Calling the black guy from two nights ago, Tim Scott, an idiot. Calling the Hispanic guy who got over here from Cuba a dumb sheep. They're calling everybody, everybody who identity politics is supposed to shield from such criticism or else you're a monster. 
They're calling them all subhuman. They're calling them all disgraces. They're being mute. And you're right, man. It's it's exactly what you want to hear. If you are on Team Trump, you want that kind of reaction. That means it's working. You know, if these if this convention after two nights was a flop like the DNC was, if it's if it were lifeless and you know low energy, uh, I don't think you'd be hearing such uh, vitriol from CNN, and you wouldn't have uh, Joe Lockhart on CNN calling Sandman a uh, snot nosed kid. I believe there was somebody else. Uh, oh, a Liz Warren spokesman who was making fun of Nick Sandman's teeth. You know, a teenage kid, you know, high school senior, and they're making fun of his teeth. I mean, is that really what you want to do if you're, you know, the party of Nancy Pelosi and and, and Hillary Clinton make fun of the looks of one of the speakers? And they're Uh, supposed to be going high. They're supposed to be the party who's who's not vile. Remember? You know? Yeah, go go look at Sarah Silverman's tweet about uh, Melania Trump. Yeah, go high. That that is comical. Go high. You know, they go low, and 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 it's to be expected. Uh, like I said, if it's working, if it's good, and it is. I mean, this is well choreographed. And I know people say Trump's a, a, a reality TV star and a producer, and they expected this from him. But it's just much better uh, visually than the DNC was. The video, the the sound, um, the setting. I mean, everybody. And, you know, was in their basement or at the, at the gym down the street from Biden's house last week. And now they're in the Oval Office or in the Rose Garden, which is, as we all know, a uh, testament to uh, the KKK and white supremacy because of Melania moved the flowers around. Uh, <laughs> check this one out. This morning, I'm looking at a, a Politico tweet. The guy took a picture of uh, took the photo from the Rose Garden from Melania's speech and counted how many people had masks? He said 72 did not five. Only five people were in masks in that in that room and are in that. It's outdoors, actually, at that speech that Melania gave. And, uh, you know, it takes immediately. There's 100 replies saying they were all just tested. You had to be negative to go into that speech, to go to, to attend that speech. You had to test and test negative to go to that speech. But we all know. Masks aren't about, you know, stopping the spread or keeping us healthy. Masks are about the look. You must look like you are complying, which brings me back to the latest effort to get Donald Trump reelected. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But now you have, uh, to quote Joe Lockhart, snot-nosed white kids from D.C. and and, and other places. You know it'll be a, a trend who are going into restaurants. There was a couple of videos that went viral of this yesterday because we have a new definition of hero. It's someone who will not comply to these punks, to this mob. (laughs) But they go into restaurants. One of them was a a Black Lives Matter uh, female activist who was harassing a couple in a restaurant. The other one was just one woman, a, a woman sitting there surrounded by these punks, all demanding that she raise a fist and say Black Lives Matter, and she wouldn't do it. And God bless her. Same with this couple in this restaurant that, and everyone else around them. All these these cowards were just you know holding up their fists, you know, yeah. half-hearted, half-heartedly, <laughs> and say, "Please don't pick on me, please." Yeah, the, the, the couple, next to the couple, 
the the culinary next to the couple. That guy's fist was so high in the air, man. He wanted no problem. The guy with the mustache. The guy with the mustache, and he's holding it up, and you know he doesn't believe it or doesn't want to do it. But he's like, <laughs> and and the girl is like a hundred pounds, but she's loud and obnoxious, and he was just holding up his fist, going, "Please, please leave me out of this." But that in 2020 of all the things we didn't see coming, God knows every day there's a thousand of them. But now we have a new definition of hero, of, of somebody who is not cowering to the mob. And it's someone that, that will not raise a fist. I mean, I hate comparisons to Nazi Germany. We've been over that. But raise your arm. I mean, raise up an arm and, and profess your undying loyalty to the cause, which is, by the way, a Marxist, anti-American cause. We have to do that now if you want to be a, a good little uh, follower of this cult, you must raise a fist and yeah. say, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that is creepy. And that is true. The performative demonstrations like that are always parts of authoritarian regimes. You know, when you have to act out your fidelity to the uh, to the liege, whoever it is at that moment. And they're doing that. You're right. <clears throat> and in one of these wine bars, as usual, you have 50 upper scale white kids from Wellesley or a town just like that screaming white silence is violence at that woman, you know, spitting into her steak tartare. Meanwhile, she's that woman, by the way, said they interviewed her. She had been uh, marching with Black Lives Matter, you know, in weeks past. And she's like, I'm on your side. I'm just trying to sit here and eat and drink my, uh, you know, Cabernet. I I'm with you and they don't care. They won't stop. It's not about anything but having the people submit. And that's what it's about right now. I mean, you know, what the, you know what the problem is, Sean, Tom, is they are enjoying it. It's, I mean, the, yeah. the mob is forcing people to comply and they're loving it. And, and by the way, there are no consequences there. They're, I don't know if you noticed, but we've in many of these cities, we've already defunded and abolished the police. They don't. In, I, when's the last time you saw a Portland cop? <laughs> they Every video you see, I mean, eventually you see them cops move in and declare it a riot, but that's after hours of looting and burning and smashing. And, they, and then they say, okay, check with the mayor, see if he wants us to go, you know, arrest somebody. They arrest them. They're out 10 minutes later and doing it again. I mean, it is part of the effort to defund and reimagine police is to, is to tell them to stand down while the mobs loot and burn. And in the long run, that's going to work for Trump. Uh, you mentioned the the lady saying she was with Black Lives Matter. One of the great visuals we've seen recently was the car dealership that they burned, you know, for Jacob. The car dealership that they torched in Kenosha was next door to a church, a Unitarian church. Yeah. And the marquee said Black Lives Matter. And the fire is about to burn the damn sign. <laughs> you know, they don't care. It, it is. It, and the real irony to me is the big story of the last week is the silence of the Democrats, including Joe Biden, including Kamala Harris, the silence, these cities are burning. The big story is the rioting, the looting, the, 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 the shooting. And we'll get to that. The shooting and the shooting back, the civil unrest that Ayanna Presley called for. That's the big story. And not one Democrat over four nights, over whatever that is, 16, 20 hours, not one condemned the violence. Which means what? According to them, silence is violence. Silence is compliance. <laughs> so Joe Biden's silence on this big story, this big national story, is what? It's compliance, right? It is it is approval. Yeah. It is support. He's, 
He's condoning it. You're right. And, and they actually, they celebrated it last week with the Billy Porter song and dance. That was about the violence, the That's justified great... violence. And the bad guys in that were the cops. The heat. Remember, Jerry? The heat. Right. And- That's a great point. They they, they had a uh, guy in a dress uh, sing a hippie song in support of mm-hmm. the Antifa BLM rioters and looters. Uh, the, the, I, I tell you what, I give the... Republicans credit for putting on a good show so far. I love when they go off the board and have uh, people like Nick Sandman, people like the lobsterman from Maine, who was excellent. The farmer from Iowa, real people kind of bringing it home. The whole, you know, the deregulation had a great segment on what deregulation means to small business uh, in this country. And it, it, I don't know how many people are watching, but it's very effective. I give them credit, but I don't, I mean, I don't give Trump any credit for the greatest commercials tv commercials i've seen lately and that is blm and antifa rioting looting burning and there was a lot of there's a lot of video from kenosha from last night and we can show some of it to our vast facebook live audience but who i just who i just restored by the way that's why i I heard a couple shots from tom shattuck earlier that i couldn't respond to uh, per- Periscope is up and running, so we're back. Excellent, right? excellent. And, and but there's a lot of, and we including the video of a shooting, and it's a shooting of a punk anti. Well, I, it appears to be a shooting of an Antifa punk or Black Lives Matter, whatever, uh, a rioter, because the locals are fighting back as I knew they would. You kind of knew when you went from Seattle and Portland, or even you know New York. And you went to sort of a red state or a a very red state last time, an important red state. And you knew there were going to be farmers and truckers and blue collar guys who are going to say, you're not messing my neighborhood up. So they came uh, out to counter riot or to stop the rioting. And there's a couple of great videos, one where the, the, the punks set a dumpster on fire and try to push it like into the street. And immediately one of the locals just breaks out the fire extinguisher and puts it right out and pushes the dumpster back at them. But the best one is, and you'll probably see this again, they trash a Papa John's. They smash the front window and trash a Papa John's, you know, for Jacob. And the manager owner, I don't know what he is, is is standing in the middle, in the in the broken window storefront. And he's yelling at the punks. Do you want to get Donald Trump reelected? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> Are they trying to get Trump reelected? Seriously. I got a family to support. I got fucking kids to feed. These people don't represent our movement. Well, I'm sorry, but they're, they're part, they're with you. Race people page. don't represent our movement. We yeah. yell at people in wine bars. The, right. These other people, they're violent. They're all guy, the same. If I know if I know the Trump campaign, that guy will be speaking tonight. He'll be he'll be on the in part of the added last minute addition to the RNC. But it is a great question. If you are just a normal Democrat, and I'm not sure there are any of those left, aren't you just saying you know, can you just save this till November 4th? Do we really want to feed, you know, the machine feed, you know, uh, play into Donald Trump's hands? Cause that's what they're doing. I mean, this is, there's no person, there's no person in, in middle America. There's no moderate person who supports this madness 
destroying businesses. You saw it yesterday, the car dealer. These are people trying to make a living in a city uh, and, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. And now they have to deal with these punks, these Antifa punks and Black Lives Matter punk coming in from Chicago or Portland or wherever they're coming in for throwing bricks through storefront windows. It's 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 the best question. Uh, are you trying to get Trump reelected? The latest poll has Trump leading in Wisconsin, and that's taken before the convention and obviously before the debates. So Wisconsin is is right now trending toward the president, which is a very good sign. Uh, but last night, if you missed it, uh, three people were shot in Kenosha, which is going to happen. Two dead. There's two dead. One is uh, the guy who's on video is not dead, correct? Right. The guy who got uh, shot in the head. He was uh, sprawled out. If you haven't seen it, he was shot in the head. They were uh, tending to him and he uh, they were calling for the police. They needed yeah. police. <laughs> <laughs> they defund the police folks were yelling for a cop as soon as one of their guys got shot. You know, I, I think feel- Jerry, you know, the, the, the shooting video is incredible and we knew it was going to happen eventually. And, you know, yesterday afternoon here, finally satellite trucks pulled into Kenosha for the first time because there were a bunch of white people with guns who had arrived. So the media was suddenly very interested in what was going on. But it was only going to be a matter of time. And now, I mean, how do you, you can't dial this down. There's no, there's no authority there. It's either, either BLM rules the streets or this militia or whoever they are, whoever they are does. But that couple, did you see the, the, the video of that couple with a husband and wife and she's sobbing about losing the business that, that his father had owned since 1961 or whatever. And he was close to tears through the whole thing saying, trying to tell people that insurance doesn't make a difference. You know, a lot of this stuff is insured. Yeah. But, I love that logic. Oh, they got insurance. I mean, yeah. somebody's somebody's. First of all, it's a, you're right. A family business they've, they've had for generations, and these punks, these criminals, burn it, and they say, "Man, what's the big deal? They have insurance." I mean, that is just so cruel, and and so ignorant. Uh, uh, you know, like insurance money just falls from a tree, and these people, what you know, take it and go move away, and you know, they they, they built this business, and. To me, the most disturbing, you could see the, 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 the cars on fire at one car dealership where they burned all the cars except for the ones that were like in the shop and the owner was just saying he's ruined. But there's another one where they go down the line of this, this uh, parking lot full of cars. I believe it's a dealership and they smash them with like hammers and bats and they just smash all the windshields and smash all the, all the mirrors. And you're thinking, Wait a second. You're you're out here for Black Lives Matter or for whatever Antifa, anti-fascism, two great uh, misnomers if ever there were, if there has been one. But and you're smashing like rearview mirrors and windshields. You gotta you know tie the loop for me here. You know um, how does that work? How does fighting for Jacob Blake or for or George Floyd or for Black Lives Matter? How does that? Um, help smashing a, a windshield because it puts you in an uncomfortable place jerry where oh. you're forced to listen and to learn and be educated about the systems of racism that we have happening so does, you that, have win, to be, does that win someone over anyone anyone <laughs> they say oh look these guys smashed you know 50 used cars in a, in a lot owned by some hard-working guy does that win the hearts and minds of anyone 
no no you're right about that and like kenosha i don't know if i'd heard of it before this but what is the brand of kenosha now it's ruined it's a place where thuggery and violence rules the streets um where you know criminals the cold cocked 70 year old one year old uh, on video and uh, it's a hellhole and these other places are too like I, I was telling you guys that newspapers are seeing a small uptick in in real estate ads coming out, which is a godsend to newspapers because they'll take anything because all the small businesses have been suffocated by all the governors. So now these real estate uh, companies are buying ads because people are getting the hell out of the cities. People are getting out of New York. Manhattan is not Manhattan like it was. Oh, it's done. It's done. And I, I got a friend in, in uh, Florida in Boca, Boca Todd. He's a good friend of mine, moved down there from up here years ago. And he says people like knocking on his door every day offering to buy his house because that's where New Yorkers want to go. One of the places New Yorkers want to go is Florida, Boca. And they're like ringing his doorbell saying, we'll give you whatever, 400,000 over uh, your, you know, what you thought your house was worth <laughs> over, yeah. uh, over book value. Um, because people are just fleeing the city. You know, it's bad when Andrew Cuomo, killer Cuomo is begging people to not leave, to not, uh, take the tax revenue they need and, and move to Florida or move to somewhere else, uh, North Carolina. Um, there, there's the great exodus and there's nothing these fools like, you know, de Blasio can do about it. I mean, they're going to yeah. lose all that revenue and they don't yeah. even know it, you know, cause they're so stupid. And so just so crazy, uh, you know, radical. They don't even realize what's happening. Right. Oh no. He de Blasio loves it. Remember he doesn't want people back. He doesn't want people who can afford Manhattan to come back. We don't need them. He said, and de Blasio's he's the architect. It's the, it's the reverse broken window theory and it's being right. done in Manhattan and it's working. People are leaving the the storefronts, which were forced closed. Now, a lot of them have been just totally destroyed and crime rates through the roof. Who would want if you can't walk through Central Park anymore? If you can't, you know, if you can't be say, any more safer now than it was in 1979. What's the use of New York? All right. Today's show brought to you by Flagship Wealth. Go to FlagshipWealth.com slash retirement. Dave, I'm here with you again. People loved that I was picking on you last ad, so we're doing this again. Let's do it. All right. So a lot of people have requested the guide. We're in the 700s, which is unbelievable. If you haven't got it, get your hands on it. But so many of you had. So now I think it's step two, right? What should people do now that they've read it? What do they do next? Dave, they've got to act. You know, we just had the best July in over 10 years. The market is priced to perfection. Uh, if you heard about the elections coming up, I've heard about this. Congress oh, oh you're, is, trying, you're trying to go back and forth right yes, now. Yes, okay, Congress is screwing up when it comes to the stimulus package right now. We tell you within this booklet where the market's going and how we're going to get there. So it's important. You've got it. Act on it. Act on it. That's what you got to do. So go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Get your hands on it if you haven't. If you have, act on it, whether that's call Dave, whether that's do more research for yourself. Whatever you're going to do, Take the advice that's in the guide. Does that make sense? Take control of your retirement before the market does it for you, Dave. Ooh, that sounded good. Have you said that before? We're going to use that, I think. Yeah, I think you should keep that one. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. I heard um, a friend of uh, friend of mine uh, from Davios uh, Steve Filippo went down. He's had a restaurant in, in Manhattan for years. Went down, just looked at the situation, all these homeless out front, all these businesses boarded up and just closed up. Just said, I'm Didn't done. Really? Here. Yeah, I'm done here. And and that was, and he'd been there, I think, 10 years. Obviously, very, very successful, very good restaurant. And just said, 
I'm done. Can't do it. I mean, it's just not worth it. That's one of thousands, thousands of restaurateurs who just said, you, you win. You know, you win. You've, uh, the pandemic was one thing. This is another. And this is that is scary. If you're a, you know, if you were hoping to, for New York to bounce back. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. Not going to be the New York that we've seen before. Hopefully, you know, Boston and other cities aren't like New York. And hopefully some restaurants can survive and some downtown businesses can survive despite the, the tyrants that make it so difficult. People like Charlie Baker and, and, and Marty Walsh. But I want to get back to Kenosha because I got a question for you, Shattuck. You're a news junkie. You read and watch and listen to uh, news all day like I do. Yesterday on this podcast uh, with uh, our friend Alex Reamer, we had uh, George Price, an expert. By any definition, I asked, you know, uh, Kellen, let's get an expert on police tactics, on police training. Uh, George Price, we've had him before. He's very good. He worked for the DEA. He worked for the, he was a tactical instructor for the Department of Justice. He was a street cop. He's done it all. He's at every level. He is an expert. And we had the simple question, which I have had since the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was shot in the back by Kenosha police seven times. And I had the question right away, and I thought I would get an answer from a hundred different sources of, you know, is it just, was it justified? Was it, what were, did the cops do what they were trained to do? Did they do what they were supposed to do? Uh, George Price said, yes, our experts said that's what you have to do in that situation when you consider all the factors. This was a uh, a violent uh, fugitive. There were warrants for his arrest. He was resisting, clearly was resisting. George Price said, and I've seen this photo, that he had a knife that has not been confirmed, but there's a photo where it sure looks like a knife in his hand. They tased him. It didn't slow him down. He resisted. He tried to get in the car and either drive away, which they could was not acceptable, or get a gun, which obviously was not acceptable. So the cops shot him. Now, it looks bad. There's no question. And it sounds bad shot in the back. But I keep asking the question, what were they supposed to do? I thought originally maybe they were supposed to jump on his back and wrestle him to the ground. You do that with a guy with a knife and you get that and you're going to get a knife in the throat. It's not that's not what you're taught to do. Uh, um, according to our guy, they did what they were supposed to do, which apparently nobody else seems to be answering that question. Nobody else seems to be addressing this. I've, everything I read here from obviously all the NBA guys and athletes and politicians and the governor of Wisconsin, they're blaming the cops. If it turns out these cops did what they were supposed to do, all this insanity in Kenosha is uh, about what about uh, I mean, I mean, I don't even understand. Isn't that the most important question? Don't we have to answer that before we throw a brick? Right. You would think that <clears throat> an epidemic of police brutality would need to be something provable with data and facts. If you're going to contend that there is an epidemic of police brutality, 
But you don't have to. All you have to do is speak in hyperbole. Michelle Obama last week said that people are being killed every day. It's happening every day. People are being killed, you know, murdered in the streets. And the, the NBA, Doc Rivers said the same thing, essentially. Yeah, I, I want to get to Doc Rivers. Talking Can you about imagine the shitstorm, though, if somebody in the NBA stood up and said, hold on. Let's, I know I know it's rational to us, but if they in this moment right now, the shitstorm the person would take would say, hold on, let's wait for all the facts. As rational as that seems, I know you can't do it. I that s- person would take would be intense. I, I saw Celtics coach Brad Stevens talking about this, and so his team's upset, and they're talking about. It. I'm saying, Brad Stevens cannot say. I'm not going to comment until we got all the facts. You know, maybe this guy was resisting arrest. This guy was has a history of violence of you know use gun of using a gun. Um, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the investigation. I'm going to wait for uh, the facts. I want to wait to see if he had a knife, if he had a gun. Doc Rivers can't do that. He has to play the same game that that Steve Kerr and Popovich have, have have mastered, and it is pandering at any turn to your players. So, so you got to hate Trump first of all. You must hate Trump. You must hate the cops. You know, you must say what your players want to hear, what LeBron wants to hear, and that's what they're doing. Brad Stevens doesn't have enough, nearly enough cachet to say, you know, I'm not going to blame the cops until we get all the facts. He can't say it, but it, it's disgusting when nobody even asks. You know, I, I, I pose this question every time when you hear like Jalen Brown talking about how, you know, they're, they're being hunted and this is just murder. And I'm like, can someone ask him? Does he, what does he think the cops were supposed to do when a violent felon? Right. Huh? If he was armed with a knife, if he's reaching for a gun, what are they supposed to do in that situation? Wait for him to shoot first? Right. I I tweet about this and I get all these responses and it drives me nuts because and and I understand it's not it doesn't look good. But immediately they say they should have tased him. And I say they did. Uh, Reportedly, they did. Didn't work. Uh, They should have tackled him. You don't tackle a guy with a knife uh, who's ready to, to stab you with. And, and three is always, did they have to shoot seven times? And I'm like, so that's the big problem. If it's three or four, you're okay with it, but it's seven. So you can't, uh, you know, you can't handle it. That's excessive. Well, I don't know. George said yesterday, you, you do what you have to do until the threat is neutralized. That was his. And, you know, and obviously he's going to support the cops in this situation based on the information he has. And if that's what they felt they needed to do to neutralize a threat, that's what they did. Right. But, but, but you say that that he obviously is going to support the cops. And I hear that too, that I, I usually support the cops. I don't support Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis. That that guy is a monster. He's go, he's in prison and he'll stay there and that's good. But these Kenosha guys, and we don't know them yet, they're already, you know, BLM and, and Antifa, uh, BLM is demanding the name of the cop. And they said, if they don't get the name of the cop who shot, they're going to dox every cop in Kenosha and they're going to go to all their homes and they're going to, uh, you know, harass all their families. It's going to get, it's going to get bad, whether they, you know, mm-hmm. arrest a guy or charge him or not, it's going to get worse in Kenosha. <clears throat> because well, you know, the, the stuff that Rivers said was even more dangerous. And I, I don't, I think that's terrible. What he said, he's essentially encouraging you know, young black men to get in physical altercations with the cops because it's because their lives are in danger anyway, you know, to normalize this, like it's a normal thing to be, wrestling when you have an when you have an interaction with a cop to be wrestling with a cop in trying to grab his weapon or trying to beat the crap out of him it that shouldn't be normalized but people I, act I like well that's the normal engagement that's fine it's the it's a cop who went too far to try to spare his own life maybe some 
somebody who's influential in the NBA should mention this to people in marginalized communities that if you engage in a physical altercation with the cops, it's going to increase the possibility that you get harmed or killed. But no, no, it just it starts with cops are murderers. And there ha- no other fact is important to them because right. and no no they're not murderers they're <clears throat> racist murderers like right uh, and 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 Reamer said this yesterday it's absurd like they would not have shot if this were a white felon fugitive with, you know with two warrants for sexual assault domestic abuse I love the idea that this guy had his kids in the car I think there was two or three he has six kids he's twenty nine years old and they said he has kids in the car you can't shoot him I mean so. What are you supposed to do? You let him get in the car and go on a high-speed chase with his children in the car? Are you supposed to let him grab his gun and shoot you because he has children in the car? How is that a mitigating factor if you don't know what he has in mind when he's reaching into that car? Um, but I do want to get to including, it's, the, it's safety, point. including the safety of the people in the car. You I know. If, I mean, wouldn't you be protecting the children in the car? Yeah. If, if Say they wrestle them to the ground, which, again— I first thought that that was the thing to do, but then George Price, and I would like to hear some from, uh, hear from, jo- play some George Price because he points out there was a knife and it looks like it might be a knife in his hand. And I don't know how strong this guy is. I know he's a badass. He was, he's pulled guns on people in, uh, in a bar. You know, he's, he's domestic abuse. He's, he's, he's a violent guy. He, um, and, and if he has a knife and you grab him and he sort of did grab his T-shirt, kind of pull him, but it was a half-hearted effort to, 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 to subdue him. If you jump on him and he just, his instinct is to be turn and stab, right? Isn't that his, his instinct? Uh, but, uh, Reamer's point that he wouldn't have done this if he's a white guy. What, what do you mean by that? What, what would they have done if he's a white guy? Tell me that. Tell me what, A, what they're supposed to do. No one could seem to tell me that. And B, if he's a violent fugitive mm-hmm. and he's white and he's reaching into his car and you know he's he's familiar, you know, with with firearms, what are they going to do if he's white? Just stand yeah, there. That, and no, shoot? Yeah, that's there's nothing to that. There was a really famous study. I think it came out of Washington a couple of years ago that showed that that police are much more reticent to use deadly force on black suspects than they are on white suspects. Well, totally they sure are now. But I mean, I, I'm sure they are now because you know the cities burn if they're if the guy's black. If he's white, eh, not so much. And 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 uh, Reamer was like, they don't do this to white guys. Well, we know the numbers. It was two years of uh, last year, or eight unarmed black uh, guys were shot by cops and 20 something white people, white guys unarmed shot by cops. They're, they are more inclined to shoot unarmed white guys, but that doesn't matter. We don't care about facts. This is all about this narrative that the cops get up in the morning and, and strap on their sidearm and go out hunting black people. That's what LeBron says. And essentially that's what Doc Rivers said. I, I, you know, I used to love Doc Rivers. He was a nice guy. Had him on the show for years uh, um, in my previous job. Very nice guy, cooperative. Just seemed like a good guy to play for mm-hmm. if you're a player and root for if you're a fan. But he's buying into this narrative that, you know, that the country is is out to kill, you know, unarmed young black men, that the cops and the system is uh, rigged against them. Turns out to me is um, just just watching the Republican uh, convention and this they're spewing this fear, right? Like all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. 
We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's it's amazing. Okay, now he's going to get universal praise. Uh, mm-hmm. He already is. It's amazing. He's from the heart. Uh, first of all, I think it's just the opposite. I heard much more about fear last week at their convention than uh, I did this week at the Republican convention. Secondly, Doc Rivers is from Chicago, correct? I believe the number last weekend, one weekend, was 64 mm-hmm. people shot. I think six dead. 64 shot on the weekend in Chicago. And I'm going to guess most, if not all, were young black males. Um, Doc Rivers is close to tears because a violent uh, fugitive was shot by cops. The second, as you point out, the, only this, uh, the second one in three months. Is that correct? Unarmed, yeah. Unarmed black. Um, well, unarmed. We don't know unarmed, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not sure about that yet. We're waiting. Uh, but that's the second one in three months. It's it's too, too many. It's too bad. It's too bad that uh, that Jacob Blake didn't just cooperate and, and didn't just comply. He'd be alive today. His kids would not be traumatized today. But that's irrelevant. Doc Rivers talking about we've been hung. What does that mean, we've been hung? You know, you're you're an American. You're a great American success story. You're fabulously wealthy, famous. Um, you know the, the the times have changed, Doc. You know they're not they're not looking to hang Doc Rivers anymore. I'm sorry. They're, right. They're quite the opposite. They, they they're you are admired. You are idolized. You are a great example. And except here, that you're not setting a great example. You are spreading the lie that they're out there hunting you. To looking to hang you and kill you if you really cared and I think he does why aren't you talking about the 64 shot I know that's tired people are sick of it saying yeah what about the, the, the kids in Chicago murdered over the weekend or New York or wherever mm-hmm. but what about it the same weekend that Jacob Floyd Jacob Blake was shot 64 black kids were shot down the road in Chicago and you know those protesters the BLM guys they're, lots of them According to a Wisconsin congressman, lots of them are from Chicago. They jumped mm-hmm. in their cars and headed to Kenosha to protest. Why aren't they home? Why aren't they back in Chicago saying we have to stop this insanity? 64 black kids shot the same weekend as, as Jacob Blake, and you don't hear a word from Doc Rivers. Yeah, you're right. And when he says we're the ones getting shot, he is right. The, the, the young black men are the ones getting shot. Um, but, the, you know, all of the, the rules of engagement, all of the societal um, kind of regulatory efforts in those cities happening right now in municipalities, which is in, in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, all of those are run by Democrats. And you would think that maybe Doc Rivers would have something to say last week at the Democratic convention saying, we're all getting shot. You all run this city. Do a damn thing about it. You'd think that Doc Rivers would want last week to be dark if it's so terrible. And it is that so many black people are being being murdered. Young men who would never had a chance at, uh, to, to start living a life. That is horrible. But then call it's somebody true, out for it. It's incredible. No wonder in, in Chicago, everybody was so willing to believe Jesse Smollett 
instantly, oh, of course, that's true. Yeah, it's Trump people. He's the reason. All the bad Trumpies are the reason we're in this condition right here. That must be it. I mean, well, what's, he, what's he talking about fear, by the way? He's talking about fear of the rioters and fear of, you know, the Antifa. Is that what he means about fear? Because what mm-hmm. fear are the Republicans selling this week that, yeah. that the Democrats weren't? I, I guess well, he's talking the about only reason, The only reason why the people in the middle of the country vote who voted from Obama now vote switched and voted for Trump over Hillary is because they knows, noticed their neighborhoods changing. You know, the stores that used to be owned by white people. Now somebody a little darker owns that store. And that scared, you know, middle America. And they say with well, this is a straight face. They, that scared middle America into voting for Trump. They wanted to go back when America was great and white is what they're saying. Um, and so it's not that they want jobs or anything like that. These people are too stupid. The Democrats will tell you. So that's what they're saying is that we're that, that, that white people in the middle of the country are afraid of change. And obviously, they're afraid of this, yeah, this thing positive of, of, of what a young black man is. Being I around. think Doc Rivers is really smart, and and you know he he knows what he's doing. He he could be a great example. He could he could actually you know I know Stevens Brad Stevens could never say it, but he could actually say it. You know he he could say it. Kids, you know when you're with cops have the guns on you, you comply. I mean there were warrants for his arrest. You comply. You don't go reaching for something in your car. You don't go pulling a knife. Um, Doc Rivers seems to think that Jacob Blake was innocent. And I mean, I, I, I don't know how many of those 64 kids in Chicago were innocent, but and he doesn't care. But Doc Rivers, like LeBron James, very influential. And in mm. my mind, very reckless, because you hear a lot of people now just, you know, Jalen Brown, you hear a lot of young players saying the same thing. You know, it's systemic racism. They're out to get us, out to kill us. Does anyone have more privilege? We hear about white privilege. How about celebrity privilege? Anyone have more privilege than LeBron James or you know, or Steph Curry or Doc Rivers or Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich. I mean, these guys are living the life, man. And they're acting like, you know, they're not acting. They're saying we're hunted. You know, we're hunted. We, we get hanged. <laughs> right. Well, it, I mean, actually, he could point to the NBA as a good example of young men who did the right thing. Right. And who broke the bonds, the bonds of that, of those neighborhoods and now are, absolutely living the american dream you know these are guys generally who didn't wrestle with the cops who made the right choice who went to practice who did what the parents or parent or the coaches were telling them a lot of these people had good mentors etc it's the nba is full of success stories why not take use those guys as the example of doing the right thing and and instead of supporting the president they're supporting an organization a marxist uh, organization that wants to defund the cops and open the border and disrupt the nuclear family. They're disrupt. They're supporting that, which is bizarre. But here's here's how crazy it's gotten in sports. And again, you can't. I mean, again, I, I took the uh, kind of took uh, the role of people in sports who are supporting the president. I got Jack Del Rio and who else? That's about it. Uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, Herschel, no, He's retired. I mean, Jack Del Rio is still coaching and, you know, he's coaching assistant coach and he says, kiss my ass. I support the president. I didn't see there's there were a lot more support for Trump four years ago in sports than there is now. It's just not fashionable in sports. But it's got so crazy that when Jacob Blake gets shot, you hear LeBron saying, you know, it's it's cold blooded murder and everything else. And you hear other players, Jalen Brown, uh, lots of them talking about it, Doc Rivers. But the 
Toronto Raptors, and I'm not, under, not quite sure why they took the lead on this. They had a team meeting um, after the shooting, after the the cops shot Jacob Blake. And the sub and what came up was a possible boycott. They're playing the Celtics in the in the playoffs, boycotting their next game. Now I just read the story; it's not going to happen. But they said they're considering. You know, the, the, this has gone on so. You know, uh, I can get the exact quote, but they're uh, um, this got so bad that they're thinking of boycotting. Their uh, their playoff series now. What what would that do? Um, next time a cop would let you know a, a, a dangerous fugitive grab the gun. I mean stab. I mean what what would boycotting do? What would they get from that? I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to mean at all. Other than everybody has to do performance art now. I mean, at some point, somebody if it's President Biden, it's President Biden. At some point. Somebody's going to have to address the fact that the crime rates in the cities have skyrocketed, and that's a problem, and that's going to affect minority communities the most. And at some point, does does anybody really care? I mean, or is this this is simply about racism? If the crime does not contain perceived racism, then there's no utility in it. You, You can't make political points out of it. And well, then who cares? That seems to be what it is right now. Well, I mean. We learned after, I think it was a week, 10 days after uh, the George Floyd uh, uh, killing, that there was really no racist, uh, there was no racist language, there was no racist uh, uh, component to it. Uh, and Keith Ellison sat, the, the, the radical DA sat on the video because he didn't want, you know, he didn't want people to see that. And he waited until there was billions of dollars in damages and lives were lost and buildings were burned. And then he said, here's the rest of the video. Uh, George Floyd was, was resisting. He was appeared very, you know, uh, unstable, and uh, there was no racist language or racist intent at all. But you know, didn't help the narrative for a, a lunatic like Keith Ellison, so he didn't want us to see it. But here's Fred Van Fleet, uh, Toronto uh, Raptor. Talk. He says, "Playing whether we're play or not play will put pressure on people." So, for example, this happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. If I'm correct. Would it be nice if in a perfect world we all say we're not playing and the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, that's going to trickle down. If he steps up to the plate and puts pressure on the district attorney and state's attorney and governors and politicians there to make real change and get some justice. I know it's not that simple, but at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then at some point we're going to have to put our nuts on the line and actually put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility if i'm just over the media aspect of it it's sensationalized we talk about it every day that's all we see but it just feels like Mm -hmm. a big pacifier to me now what i mean i know it's it's interesting not fashionable you're supposed to just change uh, change requires work whether you agree with them or not change requires putting in the work to get what you want to have happen right this is clearly a publicity battle because if you if the national anthem's playing and you take a knee for it, it doesn't make headlines tomorrow. What makes headlines? It, you don't even have to you don't have to boycott the game. The discussion of boycotting the game is probably the front page of the Toronto Star today. I would that's, that's true. But what right. I mean, my follow up, and again, I, it's not asking a lot. Follow up is what do you what are you trying to accomplish? 
Uh, I mean, you don't want them to shoot in that situation. So if he has a gun or a knife, they're supposed to let him use it. I, I, and, and also, and if so you want the, real reform, give me some examples. You know, get rid of the chokehold. Fine. Get rid of qualified immunity. It's crazy, but that's a specific, you know, defund the cops. If that's what you want, tell me that's what you want, Doc Rivers. Do you want to defund the police? Do you want, what is the, what is the actual tangible change you're demanding? Cause what I saw in Kenosha, I, it's not clear what the cop did wrong. You can't uh, articulate it. Nobody has yet. Nobody has explained what the cops are supposed to do. And if you can't do that, I mean, I think you should, uh, you know, sit down and think this through before demanding right. this, it's, this it's, uh, you know, abstract change. And more whites and Hispanics are killed by police every year than black Americans. And so and it, it all of these uh, deaths are terrible and lives are affected and kids are left orphaned or, you know, with one parent and it's awful. And and nobody likes any, any color to have these people die like this is 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 horrific. Um, but so but is this like covid now when we have to get the cases down to zero or else we all have to enter into this state of emergency nationally? So the Raptors, they want to go, nope, there was another. We didn't get the cases down to zero of, of police shootings. So now we have to embark in this extraordinary demonstrative uh, performance art here. And it's the same with COVID now. You know, now it's, oh, there were 11 more cases in Massachusetts yesterday. Good thing we're still underground here and we're doing, you know, it's like in life, some of these things are going to happen. And now we've actually, with COVID now, we've now attached the flu to it, which who saw that coming? I think we all did. So, I mean, we have to get up and start being communities and, uh, you know, people again in, in living here. Not everything needs to be a, oh, my God, this is a watershed moment. Stop everything. You know, and, and we've trained ourselves now that it has to be. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And then uh, I mean, and, and, uh, um, Jacob Blake's mother went on, did a little press conference. She uh Missed the call from Donald Trump. She apologized for missing this phone call. And she said, don't riot. Don't loot. This is not the answer. We don't want violence. You know, we want justice for our son, but we don't want violence. They don't care. They don't care. You know why? I've said this before. Looting's fun. Let's be honest. They, yep. they, when you see the looting and the rioting, you see these Antifa punks and these black, they, they're having a good time. You know, they're, they're losers. They got no you know, purpose in life, no direction, and they're just going out there throwing bricks and and having and burning stuff and killing and raccoons. <laughs> and but it's got you know the shit got real last night. If you uh, if you missed it, three shot, two dead. They're shooting back now, which is a whole new dynamic, and that is disturbing. But again, people like Doc Rivers and, and LeBron James, they're not helping. They're making, they're telling these young black guys, those cops, those guys with the badges, they're out there to hunt you. And, you know, the leader of this whole thing is Colin Kaepernick, their hero. He doesn't say much, but when he does talk, he he, he expresses a true hatred <laughs> toward the police. And uh, young black guys, maybe they're looking up to people like Doc Rivers and Colin Kaepernick and saying, that cop car, you know, that let's, you know, that's the enemy. Those are the enemy. They want to kill us. They they used to hang us, and now they're shooting us in the back. It's a lie. Um, are, and- is anybody, our municipal leaders, is anybody – Anybody telling young men to stay inside, to not go outside? I mean, even for just COVID, not, not even <laughs> for the fact that you want to burn the city down. But does anybody have like the cojones to at least say, 
everybody in this city, once it gets dark out, should go back home because bad okay. stuff is happening out there. It's considered they had a curfew. Awesome. They had a curfew in Kenosha last night, and they didn't. Nobody respected it. It was bands of roving, you know, uh, lo- looters and marauders out there. Uh, despite the curfew, they didn't uh, obey it. They didn't respect it, which is a big shock. Big shock. But it's not going to go away. It's not going to get better. Um, whether they charge the cop or not, whether they reveal his name or not, this is going to be a whole new. Uh, the cause, you know, let's let's uh, say they don't charge him or say they charge him. You see his face and then uh, he gets acquitted. I mean, then you're talking about a, a whole new series of, of grievances for the mob and which will just be be awful for the community. And the poor guy that owns Papa John's and the guy that owns the car dealer, they are screwed. But I don't think, you know, I don't think the uh, the mob cares. I don't think black lives matter. Black lives don't matter when they own used car dealers or, or, or you know, small right. uh, restaurants or stores. Those guys, they don't matter. But- well, the, the key to, to putting an end to this, or at least tempering it a little bit, might be what's happening. And um, I think Don Lemon was saying it last night. Don Lemon's calling for the rioting to stop, quote, because it's showing up in the polling. I know. <laughs> so- I, he and Chris Cuomo have noticed a month ago, two months ago, they were cheering on the mob and they were saying, you know, it's not really that bad. And, you know, don't believe your eyes. The It's peaceful. The protests are peaceful. It's peaceful arson and peaceful looting and peaceful mm-hmm. burning and peaceful shooting. But uh, now they're saying, just like the Papa John's guy, they're saying, what are you idiots going to do? Get Trump reelected. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is priceless. <laughs> but I want to get to the uh, to the convention because there were some great moments and the worst, at least today, the worst example of cancel culture uh, you've seen lately. We will get to that after I tell you about Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete's a fourth generation owned and operated business that's working hard day in and day out to be your trusted precast concrete partner. They're a local company, but they're all over New England. They got four state of the art manufacturing facilities. They probably have one near you. If you're a contractor, let me tell you some of the products Shea can deliver to your job site ready for installation. Underground stormwater systems, barriers and bullards. Bollards, neck, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. Shea can do it all for you. If you're an engineer, this is even better. Shea can help design your next project. They got people. They got people on staff and ready to sit down with you and design your project. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or just log on to SheaConcrete.com where you can also Look for a job. They're always looking for CDL drivers. They're always looking for personnel at all their plants. If you think it'd be a good fit, just give them a call or send your resume to jobs at shakeconcrete.com. All right. Last night, and again, I said this earlier, I say it again, uh, the Trump team is much better at this than the Biden team. And they have an advantage. They have a showman at the top of the ticket. And they do not miss the opportunity to draw the contrast with Hayden Biden, who wouldn't leave, who wouldn't even go to the city that was hosting. He would go to the gym down the street in Wilmington, Delaware, or he'd go to his beach house in Rehoboth, but he won't go to Milwaukee, the city that spent a lot of money and time and in, in, in trying to lure the convention to, you know, to their town. And he just blew them off. And Trump is like everywhere. It seems like everywhere. Um, and with everyone. And he wasn't exactly social distancing, but again, Everybody got tested. The guy Joe Ponder with the FBI, the the former bank robber with his 
FBI agent who arrested him. It was a great moment. Uh, they were all together in the uh, Oval Office where Trump officially pardoned Joe Ponder. A great moment. Here's what I love. And they're tweaking, you know, the, the Democrats and CNN and MSNBC and, you know, Washington Post, New York Times, the whole media Democrat uh, industrial complex. They're tweaking them by doing it from the Oval Office and like doing uh, what seems to be official business, you know, like pardoning yes. someone or he, on Monday he brought in the hostages that he uh, uh, various hostages that he got released from around the world. Last night they had Pompeo from Israel, which, you know, immediately all the Democrats on CNN. And again, they're, they're, it's one and the same, the Democrats and, and CNN and Washington Post, New York Times, Boston Globe started screaming. This is inappropriate. You don't, you know, have a secretary of state making a political speech while on the job. And, you know, the answer Trump would give if he's asked would be, you know, stop me. Let's see you stop me. Here's what he should do tonight. Just continue to conduct official business. What do you think of this, Shattuck? Tonight from the Oval Office, he authorizes, uh, I don't know, let's bomb Iran. You want to? You know what I just did? <laughs> he, could, he could pull the crowd. Live on TV, like Hannity would be interviewing and say, hey, guess what I just did? We sent the bombers. We're, we're attacking Tehran. Um, no, but here's, I'm, I'm serious about this. Tell me what the flaw in this would be. This would be Thursday because it would be so climactic. Tonight is a bunch of more speeches, including Mike Pence accepting the nomination. But Thursday, the big moment is Trump accepting the nomination. And I think it'll be good. It's all choreographed. He's not going off script. He's not going to be wishing Ghislaine Maxwell well or telling us how much he misses Roger Ailes. I think he will stick to the script and I think it'll be good. But what would be the flaw in this, Tom Shattuck? You're a political analyst. He announces officially and signs something in the Oval Office saying, we are out of Afghanistan, officially and mm -hmm. forever out. All our troops are coming home. Boom, they go to a video of troops, not, you know, running to top of the embassy like Saigon, but literally smiling, getting on planes with all their bags and getting the hell out of that hellhole nation. What would be the flaw with that? Well, it would be an incredible uh, show if he did it. I mean, you'd have Bill Crystal and the people at the Bulwark totally attacking him, and um, and uh, a lot of people on the left saying that we were abandoning <laughs> the for the much necessary foreign war and in, uh, in Kandahar but, but, or whatever. But you know the numbers. But, it's like eighty five, ninety percent of the public wants out, out. Right. And you know the. I mean, only other than Raytheon and and, and Bill Crystal and and Liz Cheney. Who doesn't want out of Afghanistan? It's a huge winning issue. And I don't know, maybe it's, you know, violating some long standing law or something. You can't do that during a convention. But so, so what? Trump. Every single, every single John Kerry speech in 2004 was who's going to be the last man to die in Iraq. You know, and if you can overlay that right into Afghanistan, I think it would be a, a winning thing. I don't think I, I, I mean. I think strategically you need to be near Pakistan to whack him if something happens, but I don't see why, you know, 22 year old soldiers need to be hanging around in Afghanistan when the locals haven't even heard of Afghanistan. You know, these are, it's a tribal country. It's a, it's a, it's a mess. And people have always known this stuff. And, and, and I think everybody knows by now it's not going to be converted into a flourishing democracy. No. You know, it's just not, uh, I, mean, I hate to say it. 
some cultures are better than others. Ours is better than theirs. You know, we allow girls to go to school you know, things like crazy things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it serves no purpose. And the more you read about it, I mean, I was reading uh, a book. I just read this book called the heart and the fist. It's by Eric Greitens who went on to become the Missouri uh, governor, but he was an amazing story. He was a, a like a, uh, kind of Peace Corps kind of guy, wanted to volunteer when he was in high school, very smart guy, went to Duke, went to Oxford, but he was a do-girder and he went to all these uh, poor, you know, impoverished places, went to, you know, Bangkok and Bolivia and Middle East and just helping poors and, and poor kids. And wor- he worked with uh, Mother Teresa and uh, helped the orphans. And then one day he realized the world needs warriors too. And he was a stud. He joined the Navy SEALs and he was 26, I believe, and the age limit cutoff was 28 and he got in there and he became a SEAL. And But he was talking about, you know, fighting over there and, and you know, building schools and bridges. And I'm saying, what? Well, don't we need those things here? I mean, wouldn't, why are we over there, you know, 10,000 miles away in this place that doesn't appreciate us wasting time and money and blood and treasure? It's just, just a terrible uh, you know, qu- uh, quagmire. It, and, and I think he announces we get out and maybe he will, but I, w- I think he should sign something and then boom, show everybody leaving. That would be a home run. Don Lemon's head would explode and the stuff would get all over Chris Cuomo. Those two would be, <laughs> those two would be irate, which makes it an even better idea. So that's a good idea. But what the, what they've done so far, which is brilliant, is the Trump administration has used this, this uh, convention to play the Democrats' own game against them. You know, th- this has been totally diverse. Well, other than the Trumps, there's not too many white people I've seen on this uh, during this uh, convention. And I think that's great to showcase to Americans that, you know, that, that hardworking people of every color, every background are welcome in this party. Um, and what it's done is draw fire from good liberals, good liberals and progressives. Right then are now flaming black men and uh, black women and Indian women and uh, immigrants. And they're just torturing them all over social media and all over the media. They can't help them because they're so angry inside. Uh, And I I think that's very effective for people to see that. So, you know what I would say to Trump? Go and grab Greta Thunberg and bring her in and do something with her and make her part of the new infrastructure plan or something symbolically and watch them all just torch Greta Thunberg and they do it in a second because this this party and I'll tell you they are so quick to turn on you and just destroy you they are the mob party the Democrats they really oh, sure. are I mean they are they are the and the media is the is the you know uh PR wing of the mob of the woke mob uh it's some uh, I think it was Clay Travis when Trump called into him he said do you ever think of going doing the opposite of what you're saying you want to do the opposite of what you really want to do like we must keep the schools closed so immediately the teachers unions, teachers unions would run back to class and open mm-hmm. up the schools. Uh, they have, yes, they, they have reached that level of Trump derangement syndrome, which, which is whatever he wants, they want the opposite. So put them on the spot. Let's hear, you know, Pelosi and Schumer and Liz Warren say that we must keep troops in Afghanistan, you know, to, you know, to build school, school right. bridges. Let's let's let them do that. Let's let them defend the endless war. It is a absolute winning issue. And I think he knows it. I think his people know it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we hear some of that tonight or tomorrow night. But highlights, I mean, they've done an amazing job of highlighting 
you know, African Americans, women, uh, the Cuban American guy, which who was great. Yep. He drove Reamer nuts. Reamer was screaming about him. People. Uh, well, that's uh, what you want. You want people yeah, to see that. Yeah. That's perfect. Per- persuasive to people as well. When they see bullies, it's almost like, uh, you know, Gandhi and MLK with nonviolent protests. When the American people see peaceful people, good people getting beat on and bullied, you know, they empathize and they tend to support those people. And to have that happening with that guy, the, the guy, the Cuban guy saying that if we lose this country that saved my life, there's no there's no country left. This is the last one. Take my word for it. That's why we came here and risked our lives. There's none left. Tim Scott said that his grandfather wasn't allowed to walk on the same side of the street as white people and was kicked out of school just for being black. And that same guy saw him get elected to the Congress and Senate. And he said, you know, we, we in one lifetime, we, we went from cotton to Congress. That was freaking beautiful. And, but it drew, if you see the comments online. And yes, well, I saw, you know, like uh, the, the Cuban guy said, you know, he's seen this before because he was in, in uh, Cuba when, you know, the revolution, Castro took power. And, and uh, Juan Williams said it was disgusting. <laughs> and he said he's comparing, you know, Biden to Castro, which is not what he was doing. He was comparing the current movement, you know, of the Democrat Party led by Bernie Sanders and AOC and Elon Omar and Ayanna Presley and this band of radicals. That's, you know, a small band of radicals. What did, what did uh, Castro have like 50 people when he uh, you know, led the revolution? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he's talking about. He lived it. You know, you didn't. And he feels like he's seeing some similarities and that's perfectly appropriate. He was great. Uh, and I think all these guys, including Nicholas Sandman have an advantage because they're on tape. And I don't know if he nailed it the first time <laughs> and Herschel Walker and everybody, but Hey, the Democrats were on tape too. Um, for the most part, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised at the number of Trumps. I mean, uh, you know, we, Tiffany came out of hiding and did, gave a speech and, Eric and Don Jr. And I think Laura and someone else, one of them's tonight. And pretty soon we're going to see hear from like Marla Maples and Ivanka and, and uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that niece, that Mary, whatever her name is, the niece who, with, the, with the hidden microphone. <laughs> They're going to have every Trump. Uh, Baron, Baron's going to speak. Uh, you know, it's funny because the Trumps are not, they're, they're, they're the worst part of it too. I mean, they're fine. And I did like what, uh, what Eric said last night, but it's the other stories where all the creative uh, oh, yeah. resources have been put in. I don't know where the hell this has been for the last three years. I, we saw a good glimpse of this at the State of the Union where they made it into this rolling connected thread of um, dramatic stories and in tear jerker, um, tear jerking, uh, you know, uh, accounts. And they were interconnected And like this segment. There was a twist in every segment and every speech and every there's so many of these surprises have like these Easter egg surprises. I am astounded that this thing is this good. I am astounded. I was ready. You know what? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm surprised too, but it just seems so logical that you would mm-hmm. do this, that we invite Nick Sandman, that you invite the McCluskeys, you know, that you invite this guy, Joe Ponder, who has turned the bank robber, who's turned his life around. I mean, if your goal is to show, to out, to reach out to, you know, to African-Americans, to women, to whatever, to, to people who voted for, uh, Hillary last time around and I'm voting for Trump, like, or people who didn't support Trump, like the lobsterman from, from Maine. It's, it's just, it's, to me, it's common sense. That's what they're using is common sense. They're going away from convention, ironically, in this convention, and they're going to using common sense. And, and 
and you, they're also coming up with some surprises. So when you think about watching tonight, you're saying, hmm, I wonder what they're going to come up with. There's a little bit of intrigue uh, because of the, you know, because they're a little unpredictable. Trump is a little unpredictable. We'll see. Uh, and I do think it helped to add people, you know, like totally. 80, 80 people were in attendance for uh, Melania's speech, which was excellent. I mean, this is she doesn't want to do this. It's not her thing. But she made it through, and it was it was very good, and she still looks good. But as I pointed out, Politico counted mm. seventy two people without masks. These people, that's are right. Dangerous. These people are dangerous, Shattuck. But what was your favorite part last night? I'm a Nick Sandman guy. Bad teeth and all. I thought he was great. Uh, Ponder, I thought was incredible, was incredible, and that speaks to law enforcement. It speaks to the common humanity of of people and reforming some your your life and being successful. They should make a movie out of these two guys. I mean, that was that was. I thought that was a beautiful. That's a good point. And and you had a black guy, a black former criminal, talking about how he used to hate the cops. You know, used to be suspicious. His whole life was spent running from the cops, and then he became best friends essentially with a cop. It was a great. It was a great move, and uh, I give them credit. Um, All right, let's get to the. You know what? there's uh we're gonna come up we should come up with a, a name for this a segment every day of the worst cancel culture example of the day because literally there's one every day but this one is funny uh, and maybe not to the guy who's been canceled but I kind of got a chuckle out of it University of Missouri professor um, and apparently the guy's he's an older guy he's been around a while and he's kind of a jokester and you know one of those professors that that people generally like because um, He's uh, he looks pretty damn old, but uh, that he's always ki- uh, kidding around. His name is Joel Poor. Uh, he was he was an associate marketing professor at Mizzou University of Missouri. So this isn't I mean, obviously, all colleges are uh, crazy politically correct, but this is not Berkeley or or, uh, you know, Belsley. This is University uh, of Missouri. And um, he's. um talking to his students on Zoom, of course, and asked if any of his students was from outside of the United States. One student responded that he was from China, and the professor said, you know, from where in China? Wuhan. So what does Professor Poor say? Oh, no. Quote, Wuhan, well, let me, met, let me get my mask on. Poor said with a laugh. The students, of course, some of these these nosy little punks, take the um, the video and start, you know, sending it out and sharing it and complaining to the university, uh, whatever uh, uh, administration. Um, what do they do to this guy who? Oh, by the way, who apologized? Emailed all the students and said, uh, "I sincerely apologize. I have nothing but respect and love for the Chinese people, especially my students from China." Look at I'll, um, I'll play the video. Look at how wholesome this guy looks. This he guy was. He, um, anyone else from outside the United States? Uh, and where are you from? China. China? I've heard of China. <laughs> where Where are you from in China? Actually, Wuhan. Wuhan. <laughs> well, let me get my mask on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That, and that that's the end of this guy's career. Isn't yes. that sick? 
There, it's funny because there's no more masky place on the earth than Wuhan. They make most of the world's masks. They wear, a, you know, millions of masks. You know, they're they're I believe in the epicenter of a, a somewhat famous pandemic. It's it figured like if you're going to use lighthearted humor, I mean that that. Or is it, if he said European virus, would that be better? <laughs> That's a good question. Know. You know what the problem is that 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 you know the Wuhan people in Wuhan really didn't do anything, did they? I mean, they didn't like. It's not like they released a virus on the world that that killed you know 170 thousand Americans and infected tens of millions of people, right? You're thinking of uh, Donald J. Trump, Jeff. Oh, right. Trump did that. <laughs> that is remarkable. The, 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 the Chinese, he's not even talking about, you know, China, he's specifically talking about Wuhan and what happened in Wuhan. And what happened was pretty freaking bad. And because he made a little whatever joke, didn't even really talk about the kid. It's not the kid's fault. The kid's in America in, in school. He didn't, he was not in that lab. He's not, probably not even eating bats as far as we know. But because he made one harmless little joke, he's fired. And there's a course, of course, there's a petition started to get him reinstated. We'll see well, how that I see, goes. I see that he was uh, relieved of his teaching duties. He is still an employee, I believe, of the University of Missouri. So what does what a professor do if he doesn't? He's going to be a janitor now or something. You know what the funny thing is, is that he could have said about 500 Wuhan related jokes in that video. As long as the target was somebody else. Well, what if he said, oh, do you eat bats? Do you eat, do you you know, rats? I mean, he's fired for that, too, isn't he? Well, no, if he, well, like, you know, Bette Midler's fans, you know, had said the first lady is a former prostitute. He's not fired. You know, even though that would be considered, uh, you know, I think offensive, not fired. This is about what direction the hit goes in. You know, and here's it was the, the wrong. Here's, here's Sarah Silverman, another icon of the left, watching Melania Trump. And she types, she tweets, I have to admit, Melania is a pretty sexy, lying, asshole, complicit pig. And in the previous tweet, she says, just finished season five of Line of Duty. <laughs> What is Line of Duty? She's in a show for five seasons. I never even heard of it. But does someone like Sarah Silverman have to worry at all about getting, getting canceled after calling uh, the first lady a lying, complicit pig? Yeah, it's incredible, too. Uh, so I think, well, Sarah Silverman used to be a great comedian. She was she so great. great. I, I'm with you. She was hilarious. But she's lost her mind. With yeah. Trump, you know? The anger is incredible. I mean, Melania Trump's story is an incredible story of success. I mean, from where she came in Iron Curtain country to come here to she was an entrepreneur. You know, there, there's no shortage of Eastern European models. Melania had some uh, competition out there. And I mean, she's got a, a great success story and she did much more on her own than hillary clinton did right michelle obama she made a fortune on her own now do i think that she you know truly uh, do you think that marriage is you know perfect i don't i think there's probably some issues there you know being married to donald trump can't be easy i don't maybe it is maybe it is he doesn't seem like a real complicated guy to me you know, he likes his ego and, uh, you know, he likes her being beautiful. Maybe they were, I, I, I have no. Plays I, golf I every day if he's got nothing to do. So, it's right. kind of, you know, that's going to eat up six and a half hours worth of your day, basically. So it's it is know, amazing easier than you think. When you see what Kellyanne Conway's daughter did rebelling and ripping her mom and tearing up the fan, um, it is amazing that Trump's kids all, you know, worship him. They all sound like 
he's the father of the year when you know he's a lunatic. And as I said, you see him playing golf all the time. You never see him playing golf with his own kids. You never see him, you know, with Baron. He goes to the national championship game or the Army-Navy game, and he doesn't bring his son. Um, I, maybe he's a great father, but because uh, they all speak highly of him, including Tiffany. We often wondered if Tiffany was, you know, one of them, the the rebel in the family. And she sure didn't sound like it last night. And someone like Kellyanne Conway has to quit her job to keep her family from, you know, f- uh, getting torn apart. And that's all George Conway, because what kind of husband, what kind of he's man a, would be a, so dishonorable to your wife? In this, a, in this, To quote Sour Silverman, he's a lying asshole pig. That's what he is. He is. And that girl is, is she's not okay. I mean, I don't know. She... She, for somebody who's 15 years old, she looks like she's lived a lot of life and it's good for her to be out of the spotlight. And she, has start. The, she has the eyes, the crazy eyes. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't even be talking about it. She's 15, no. but I respect what Kellyanne Conway did. She was mm-hmm. riding high. It means the middle of the convention. She got this guy elected and she might've been on her way to getting him reelected. And she steps down because her family is the most important thing. And you got to respect that. And although I don't respect her husband at all, I mean, the guy did nothing, but make his wife's life difficult in the public eye and just embarrass her over and over again. I mean, I could see why she stays with him. He's such a catch, you know, he's such a <laughs> I, mean, I, I think she should save her family and dump that load. Uh, but Hey, hey um, I'm by like loads, Jerry, I'm defending my people. I'm not uh, taking yeah. that. By the way, um, in Lowell Sun today, John Sapachetti has a column sap put in exile okay. by Dave Cullinan. Cullinan is um, yep. defending uh, Mike Milbury, who is my favorite canceled guy, because women are not an element in any conversation. The women are not to be referenced at all in any conversation because they're not an entity that has any relevance, I guess, is the lesson of Mike Milbury being uh, canceled. It's a good, I mean, it is, it's right up there. I mean, I talked about it yesterday and Monday and how uh, there's been some pretty crazy cancels canceling going on out there in the cancel culture. But um, that's as crazy as it gets. Just saying that there's no women around to distract, which, you know, which is what attractive women do. They distract to quote Mickey from Rocky one women weaken legs. Um, (laughs) Surprised they didn't try to cancel him, but I guess he's dead. And, uh, but it is absurd. We're still waiting for Milbury to get officially fired and then go off. I can't imagine Mike Milbury taking this, walking away quietly, but um, we'll see. It's absurd. Read John Sapachetti or Sapachetti. I pronounce it wrong every time. Which one is it? Sapachetti. And also, Jerry, good news for you tomorrow. Lowell Sun will be endorsing for U.S. Senate for the Democrats, Jerry. And I know you could go either way because I you're could a fan go of way. I just want someone to lose and get humiliated and go away. Which, one's, which one do you want to win? Which one do I want to win? I can't tell you because that might give it away, but... Um, I can't I'm, believe I, I decided I was rooting for Kennedy for the first time in my life only because the Globe endorsed Markey. And my my philosophy in life is whatever the Globe does is wrong. Do the opposite. But I don't want to see his like victory speech. I mean, he's just, they're, they're both they're both just reprehensible. But that will be interesting. One of them's going away. Either Joe Kennedy, the third or Ed Markey is going away next week. Can't wait. So I'm going to look at the bright side. One of them is going to walk away ignominiously uh, hanging his head and, and his career over political career, essentially over. Even if it's Kennedy, by the way, what's he going to do? He's over politically. He's done. 
But, they might write him in for his old seat, actually, in uh, Torpedo. You can't win as a write-in, but we'll see. All right, Shattuck, thanks. We'll look for that. We'll look for Sapa Chetty's column <laughs> and look for your fine work. That is Tom Shattuck, host of Burn, the Burn Barrel podcast and uh, uh, media critic and editor at The Little Sun. Uh, we will talk to you again soon, Shattuck. Thanks to uh, Shake Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU. And thanks to all our uh, wonderful sponsors. Um, you got the new, finally, Colin. Yep. You know why he's happy? He's been smiling all morning. He finally got the new logo. He's He never liked well, screaming. He never liked screaming Bill Walton. From the beginning, you were you were out to out to destroy, to cancel screaming Bill Walton. You there, was were, of, you know, there was a lot of disagreements. There's a lot of disagreements in the early uh, building of this podcast, all right? And it seems like uh, everything is everything eventually comes up culminating. You'll learn that you're learning that the hard way, unfortunately. But that's just the way life works. I was I never was like married to it, but I had more important things to worry about, like getting this podcast up. No, and I running. will actually. Hey, I will say this: Angry Bill Walton still exists in a version with this new. So where the G and the C thing is, there's there's the ability to use angry. Uh, Bill Walton there if we want to bring him back so we have him available to us maybe maybe we'll we'll bring him back one of these days but yeah. uh, that's so I got of- buried for it because I I released it yesterday uh, I did it on my phone in a place with no service I cropped it I did I, I literally wasn't paying attention and I put out a shitty version of the logo and I just got buried on every single social media platform we have I got annihilated so I had to go back and fix it and now it seems People are warming up to it, but a majority of people hate it. So that makes me happy. The new one? Yeah, a majority of people hate it. No but way. It's much it. better. Yeah, they think we plagiarized uh, GQ, which, first of all, we didn't design it personally. It actually so, looks a little bit like the Hillary logo from... Uh, that's somebody put that out there. Yes, somebody <laughs> put that out there. They, that's what Gary wanted, right? I like yeah. I like the old one because it was obnoxious, but this one is kind of classy looking. We're yes. moving on. We're moving on. It looks good. That's our new... We have a couple versions of it, but we that's our new logo, and Cullinane's happy because... He never liked, never liked the old one. Never yep. liked screaming Bill Walton. But who knows? Maybe he'll make an occasional uh, appearance. We'll see. Um, but anyway, go to Apple, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We're getting a lot of reviews lately, so I like that. So it's good. we are getting a lot of reviews. I swear to God, we're getting more than we're actually, they're actually showing. I'm being I'm being shadow banned again by all these tech and giants. And I proved it. I proved it recently. I texted yes. you that. I sent you how many reviews we had, and then the next day there was seven gone. I don't know how to delete my own review. I, I don't know how. I don't know how any of this works. I lost a hundred followers yesterday on uh, Twitter. How does that work? I get texts all the time saying I don't see Jerry's uh, tweets anymore, and I follow him, and I used to see him. All I, 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 I see people who just follow me who used to follow me and didn't yeah. unfollow me, but someone unfollowed me for them, and then they follow me again. If that makes any sense, that's how it works. It's never easy for you know us. Uh, uh, independent thinkers. Diversify, Jerry. Get in parlay I, too. I, I, I tried. Nope. I tried parlor, but Dan Bongino ate that shit up so fast. It's not even funny. His show. I want parlor, but I haven't really everyone. participated yet. I will once Twitter cancels me. But I think I'm going to be okay. You know why? Ready, guys? First okay. up, Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Black Lives there Matter. Please, please leave me alone. Please, I'll, 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 I'll comply. I'll submit. I'll join the cult. Just don't cancel me. White silence is violence, Jerry. (laughs) Don't. Uh, All right. I'm Jerry Callie, and this is the Callahan Podcast. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.